Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Padraplegics podcast. Very special guests with us, with us today. The great, the powerful, the inspirational, Joanna Patterson and Mark Strohmeyer. But like always, you know I got to get through these housekeeping items. So let's get it going. Sponsors, thank you to the Arizona Spinal Cord Injury Association. You can contact them at azspinal.org or you can call Eric, the guy above to my left or to my right. I don't know, the one with the white beard. 602-507-4209. Call him at any time. He loves it. He likes the 3 a.m. weird calls. Those are his thing. I might actually answer. I might actually answer. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast can be found on YouTube, azspinal.org forward slash podcast. On Facebook, Arizona Spinal Cord Injury Friends Group. On Spotify, on iTunes. Don, Eric, LaRonda, and myself have 100 plus years of living with disability but we are not medical professionals. So if you are having medical issues, please contact your doctor or call 911. We are only here to discuss our experiences throughout our life and maybe help you in some way or any way possible. If anything, Um, maybe laugh a little. Yeah, just give you somebody to laugh at, Eric, Eric. There, are, there will be mature language and content, mostly from Eric and Don. Um, I apologize for that to everybody. They have foul mouth. Uh, and don't sue me. Uh, everybody else is, is wide open. Oh, nice. Yes. Eric. Yes. He's the one with all the money. Yes. Be inclusive. I love that. Joanna and Mark. Joanna, I always say Joanna. I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. Hey, we're back. we're in uh, Arizona. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Joanna and Mark, welcome. Thank you for coming. Our pleasure. Um, you two. Uh, well, Mark, you're you are a, a quadriplegic, correct? C four. C four. Do you want to go into a little bit um, about your disability, how you got your disability, so that way everybody's uh, on the same page? Sure. sure. Um, I was injured in a, in a serious car accident back in 1988, so I just celebrated my 32-year anniversary uh, last month. And mm-hmm. um, so that was in California. Uh, finished up high school. That was my junior year when I got, it, when I got injured. Finished up high school. Um, moved to the Bay Area for a couple of years, try to figure out my life. And um, that's when I decided, well, I had my brother ended up going to ASU. I came out and visited one time. And I fell in love with it, uh, with Arizona. And I decided that I, that's where I was going to go to school. Came back home, um, finished up my prereqs, transferred to ASU in 95 and uh, graduated in 97. So, um, since then, I did, uh, I, I did some working in a marketing department for a home builder, and that was pretty awesome. I enjoyed it, awesome people. And then 9-11 happened, and I kind of, it, it made me recalibrate a little bit, and um, I, thought, I thought about some of the people that, that were in that, those buildings that collapsed, and, and it, the work I was doing wasn't something I'd be willing to give my life for if that happened, and that was kind of my reset and uh, decided to go back to school. 
and got my degree in um, secondary education and became a high school football coach and teacher at Hamilton High School out in Chandler. And uh, that was awesome. Great time. Won a lot of football games. Uh, met some great people. Great relationships. Kids now, they're having, they're having kids. So that's fun to see on Facebook or whatever, uh, seeing them grow up and become young adults. And um, did that for seven years. And then my health started deteriorating. Um, just I think I was pushing myself a bit too hard. And that made me kind of, again, reset, recalibrate my gears. And, um, you know, living out in Chandler, there's not a lot of public transportation. And I, I don't drive myself. So I felt sort of like I was on, on an island. And um, about four years ago, moved to Midtown Phoenix. So I'm on the light rail and tons of freedom, live in a high-rise building. Don came and saw it the other day. It's pretty great. Look out the window. I'm on the 12th floor. Um, sun, I can watch the sunset every night. It's amazing. So uh, that really opened up a lot of uh, independence for me. And, and also I live like a mile away from St. Joe's Hospital, which is convenient for me because I can't seem to go about a year or two without being sent to the hospital for some reason. Um, I've got a lot of uh, secondary issues, especially with skin problems, skin breakdowns, um, and then other, you know, in, sort of like infections, you know, the bladder mm -hmm. infections and all that stuff that we all go through at times. So um, I live in a good spot and I'm here with Joanna now and my dog and, and it's going really smooth. Things are going pretty good right now. So a lot to unpack here. I want to start kind of at the beginning um, and, and ask you, when you got in your accident, you went back to school, um, what were some of the feelings you had as a newly disabled person um, as far as with maybe the relationships you had with the people, with people at your school? I mean, was it positive? Was there negatives? I mean, do you have anything, any thoughts on any of those? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I got, a, I got an injury in October. So I ended up, and back then, the rehab that they gave me was like six months long. I know now it's like they kick you out after what two months now. Um, so may, may, I, may I interject one second? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's important for like the origin story sometimes to be starting starting at the injury. Um, that's important some of the time, but I think it's really important to touch on that. Mark uh, was a all state athlete before. Uh, the injury also so uh, dedication to sports it's mainly football um, already how tall were you like, I was like six big two. and strong um, and uh, you know the, the discipline and everything that goes with being an athlete working out every day watching your diet things like that um, can <laughs> uh, affect the injury in and of itself but going back after an experience like that and being grown up in in uh, deep sports and, and activities like that, um, I always like to touch on. Sure, I mean it, it makes a difference. Too, you know, it, 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 it being I, I look, I was I, I was heavily athletic as well before my injury and all those kind of things. So like it, it does, it changes the way you can perceive things. It changes the way you can perceive life and the way that you know you got a, you got a disability now that you can't 
you can't be an athlete anymore, right? So, like, how do you define yourself, or what are some of the things that you think of yourself, the way you, you know, you carry yourself? So, I no, absolutely, um, and, and that is a factor, especially going back to school. So, I ended up going, you know, through uh, when I was in the hospital, they did some, I don't know, I had a tutor, and then um, I got, I got released in like March, and uh, did homeschool to get caught up. So then I was able to graduate in my class, my senior class. And when I went back, I was totally intimidated at first. Um, and my school and the whole community really, really embraced me. I was really lucky. Um, and in a way, it was, I, I think at one time, I, I perceived it as maybe being overly um, inviting back. And like, for example, in the school nominated me to be the, the homecoming king. I'm not trying to brag about that, but I was the homecoming king. King, king, not king. Um, I was just going to say, did you say <laughs> But at first I was, I actually went to the, to the principal and I was like, look, I, I don't want this pity, pity prize, you know, and then, and then they gathered a bunch of people and, and they uh, reiterated that wasn't the case. And, and, then, and then I kind of let, let loose a little bit and, and started enjoying it. My school basically bent over backwards. I had a really, I was in a really lucky situation. Um, the community was tight. It was in central California. And, um, and, and it was great. Now, going back to the athlete thing, it was soul crushing to watch my team gather for rallies or even go into the games and, and watching them and being like, I, need, I should be the one out there. And, and, and as you mentioned, Sean, you know, I think when you are an athlete and you are injured, um, not even when you're an athlete, when, you, when you're just an able-bodied person, but in particular, if you're athletic and, and, and physical, I was, what, what, it, what was thrown in my face initially was all the things I could not do anymore. And um, prior to my injury, literally, I thought people in wheelchairs just could not walk. And it was like, oh, damn, you know, they can't ride their bike, they can't run, can't swim. You know, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me the other complications such as using the restroom or worrying about pressure sores or all the other hundred things we got to worry about. So, um, you know, being, I was never in a coma, but I was really drugged up for a while. And it took me a long time to realize what was going on. And even when the doctors told me, hey, you broke your neck, um, there was a dude on our football team that broke his neck his freshman year. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have a nasty scar, probably not be able to play football anymore, but I'm gonna be like my buddy, Donnie and, and things are going to be okay. And um, slowly over time, being on a ventilator, at first I was on a ventilator uh, with a trach and all that stuff, you, you know, you start, slowly start realizing, hey, this isn't a dream. I'm not waking up from this. And, and it was actually a, um, a catheterization process that I watched that when she stuck the catheter in my penis and I felt zero, nothing, when I thought I was gonna be in a lot of pain, that was the moment, like, bam, oh my God, this is, this is the, the real life right now. So, um, you know, there's, I think there's like five stages of grief we go through or seven or something like that. Anger, denial, uh, you know, uh, bargaining, all those things. And I think I, I, think I was kind of uh, encapsulated while I was in high school because I was so protected by my friends and the community to where um, that I was able to get by no problem. Um, I think I was able to put a smile on my face. I certainly didn't accept it. 
uh, mentally, but at least I had the ability to go to class, make friends, you know, be a high school. I had a good high school year, uh, senior year. I enjoyed it. And, and then it was after that that I ended up moving with my dad and my stepmom in, up to the Bay Area, which is about three hours away from where I was. And I had zero friends, like none. And I was terrified to leave the house. Couldn't look at anybody in the eye. I, all I saw was this crippled dude and I had zero confidence. Um, it allowed me to become a good student. I ended up going to community college up there and, and that's all I did was study. And I came home and read and, and studied and, and I was terrified, I had no, like zero confidence. And then coming out to Arizona, going to Arizona State and being uh, immersed into another great community here with, with people I knew at the dorms and, and, um, and my brother played on the football team. Um, I was well accepted here and, uh, and, it, and it really boosted my, that's when I started to finally accept what was going on and, and realizing that, you know, hey, this life in a chair thing, it's not all about what you can't do. Um, you know, because at a certain time, even with football, you're gonna, you're gonna end up being a spectator whether you're 50 years old or, you know, Tom Brady's still going, what, at 42? So, you know, eventually, you know, you become a spectator. And, and I just had to do it a little earlier. So it took me, honestly, about seven years to fully wrap my head around uh, what happened to me and, and how to, to get over it, to really accept it. And I think that was probably longer than, than, than most take, but I'm a slow learner. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a timeline on something like that. You know, and mm -hmm. I think uh, acceptance of, of, of a catastrophic change in your life is, is a very personal thing. So, you know, it, for some, it may take six months. For some, it may take seven years. For some, many, many never even really get there. Right? Yeah, that's true. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned something in there that, um, you know, you had, you had a positive outlook even through negative times. And sometimes really that can, that can be what, what can be the catalyst for change in your life. You know what I mean? To, to be able to say, I was terrified to go anywhere, but it made me a good student, right? Like, so mm -hmm. you already have that mindset of being able to bring a positive out of all the negatives. And so that helps you snowball into understanding and, and change and, then at some point happiness right so yeah yeah and then there was there was some fake it till you make it going on and and then you start building confidence and then you know going to a place like ASU and you you meet some uh girls that that you probably didn't think that I could even have a conversation with and and then uh you start dating some cute girls and then it builds confidence and then you meet some other people and, and it just then you, and then you just accept I don't know I just started accepting it and I um you know, I, I can still feel eyes on me even today, um, you know, when we go out, but, Everywhere but you go. I'm able to brush it off. It, it's kind of like, it doesn't even affect me. Yeah. Well, it's, that's very true. That's very I mean, true. having mm -hmm. eyes, man. Just, right, right. It comes with the territory. Yeah. Absolutely. So how, so how did you feel when you started teaching um, football? Like, you know, um, like that's that's cool to be able to actually go in um and and be a a football coach. So how did like how did that 
impact or how did you feel about being having that opportunity? I mean, that was, that was the biggest confidence builder ever. Uh, mm -hmm. Not only just coaching at a high school, but coaching at the high school at the time. Um, I mean, we sent kids to the NFL and, and we did a lot, won a lot of games, which makes going out to practice when it's 112 a little easier to take. And I often thought about the luck that I had, um, some of the connections I had that got me in the door. And, um, and then once I got in the door, I was like, I made sure I'm going to make the best take full opportunity that I could. I became a health teacher, which was super fun, not a lot of pressure, and met some amazing kids. Again, we won a lot of football games, got to play at the Cardinal Stadium. Um, all that was awesome. And, and, and I was very lucky to be in the situation where I was. Again, if I'd been maybe coaching at a lesser school, I, I maybe not have enjoyed it so much because it is a lot of hard work. And it was, um, it's so hot here, you know, and, and enduring that. And, and Try telling this coach, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's got to go over like a brick. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that helped the kids, you know, mm -hmm. um, whether it wasn't my exes and if it wasn't my exes and those, I think sometimes the kids probably took inspiration from, you know, just seeing me out there and I'd give them a lot of hell and it was fun and it was, it was great. Won a lot of games. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, you, you're talking about football and you're talking about some of the, biggest strongest most at most athletic beasts on the planet right and you know i'm i'm into mma and i hang out with some of the most violent mad crazy human beings on the planet too and to have that acceptance there and then also for people to look at you for guidance and inspiration people in those positions right i mean those are positions that we've been in right you've been an athlete i've been an athlete we've all some of us have all been athletes but you know to have that is a big thing it's a big confidence thing it's it's it, it it's a it's a feeling that oh you know what like my chair is not what defines me it's me who mm -hmm. defines me you know absolutely and and i another a very unique situation i i don't know what i believe in i my beliefs are all over the place but I do sometimes believe things happen for a reason. And in my case, especially at Hamilton, um, my first year there, I was a new coach. I'm the new guy. Uh, everybody knows everybody else. And um, I'm a fish out of water. And um, my first year there, within my first six months, a kid broke his neck on the field and is paralyzed. And, um, and I want to say his name. I think a couple of you probably know who he is. But he, I, to see that, all of a sudden I went from being the new guy who kind of was just kind of in the background, all of a sudden everybody turned to me. Hey, what is this young man going through? Um, mm -hmm. How should we treat him? What, and that was totally eye-opening to me because when I got injured, the injury happened to me. Um, I wasn't able to see outside my little box, selfishly, I think, when I was 16. Um, but it... You know, I didn't see how it affected the community as much um, as I did when, when this other young man got hurt. And I saw the school come together. I saw Chandler come together. And, I, and the way it impacted everybody. And it was like, wow, really, it was like an eye-opening experience to me. And, um, you know, that, that was heavy, very heavy. Um, however, 
the young man's doing very successfully now. He is in a wheelchair, unfortunately, for the rest of his life, probably, but, um, but he's kicking ass and he's doing some great things and I'm very proud of him. And, um, but to, to be thrown in that situation, it was immediately like, oh my gosh, now I'm the expert. Um, and, and that was, I mean, when that first happened, I was watching him breathe on the ground. I knew in the back of my head, I'm like, uh, he's paralyzed. Either that or I was praying it was a really, really bad stinger. But I could tell by the way he was moving and struggling to breathe. I, I mean, I, I knew it. And it, it was it just, it hurt. It hurt to watch him do that, to watch him go through that. But he actually inspires me because to me, he feels, I feel like this young man um, accepted it almost immediately. And whereas, it, again, it took me seven years, but this young man took, bounced right back and, and is doing amazing things now. So, um, watching the community that, rally around him. Yeah, it was very inspiring, actually. So, I mean, just to have you to be there, though, I mean, you know, for you to be there and him to see your life and all the things that you went through, you're teaching football, you know, I'm pretty sure that gave him some type of sense of, you know, I would say relief, you know, that he'll still be able to actually have a life. Wherever your beliefs are, that's, uh, you, know, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I inspired or, him, um, at, at least face-to-face. -face. Um, you know, I, I never had to sit down with him and go like, hey, X, Y, Z, this is what's going to happen. And, but I was open to, to speaking to him and his family if they needed it. And, and probably in the back of his mind, he was like, you know, hey, I did see this other guy that was in the community. He was our coach, and he was enjoying life. And in doing some of those things. So yeah, I, I, you know, secondhand, I think I probably helped him out, hopefully. Well, and that's, yeah. and that's called normalizing it, you know? I mean, well, that's what I think was going on. I mean, it, that's what strikes me because, you know, and some people do adjust very quickly. Um, but I think you also help to normalize the situation to where he's like, oh, exactly like you said, you know, life goes on, life can go on, I can be successful and do what I want to do. You know, a lot of people, when they first get injured, they're like, oh, my dreams are gone. I can't ever do what I wanted to do. And, and that's how I was. That's how I felt. Yeah. And, and here you are, you're making it work. You know, you're, you're, you figured out a way to make it work for yourself to create meaning and purpose in your life. So, I mean, kudos to you, man. Well, I think I also, in that, in that particular situation, I also helped the other coaches and admin administration, everybody that was just like, Oh my God, now we have two wheelchairs on campus. Well, we had more than that, but, but that was just a very, you know, to have it happen right in front of us like that um, really brought the kids together, in fact. And, um, and, and yeah, the school, I think, and, and some of the coaches maybe, you know, took a little relief off their shoulders too, knowing that this young man could still live a positive life. Don, you were going to say something. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I met Mark, I think, many years ago, probably at an ASU football game. I just uh, saw this guy. And uh, by that time, I, I remember you were very, you know, you were confident. You were very outgoing. You had a lot of friends around you, a lot of girls around you all the time. And so uh, you already, you're, I think you were past that stage of uh, anger and denial. You were, you were having fun for sure. Um, I didn't know a lot about your backstory. So hearing all these different chapters of your life is, is really interesting. Um, I think what really impresses me, Mark, is your ability to 
um, to change, to morph. It sounds like, yeah. you know, you've gone through some significant changes in your life, you know, all these different chapters. Um, I mean, now you're, you're starting out in a whole nother chapter, moving to that high rise, meeting Joanna and working on some other projects. Can you yeah. uh, tell us what you're working on now and maybe introduce us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Joanna, I go back quite a bit. Um, she was actually, when I was living out in Chandler, was, my, was one of my caregivers at the time. She helped me get moved in over here. Um, and then being just a distance thing, she couldn't work for me anymore. But we, we kept close touch. And um, I, I, again, um, last year, just went through uh, a little, one little issue led to another issue, led to another issue, and the dominoes started falling. Next thing you know, I've got, I've got a like, a base, basically a life-threatening wound on my back that, that I was terrified. I, I froze, I, fight or fly to freeze, I froze. And, and I didn't know how I was gonna handle it. Joanna being very intuitive, um, very well-connected and knowing my personality, picked up on something and um, just showed up one day and, and took care of things and got me to a hospital and I got a surgery taken care of. And, um, and from that point, we've kind of been um, yeah. back connected like, a, like magnets, which was pretty cool. And, um, and then I've relied on, Joanna is also an amazing healer. And we've gone through some, uh, I, I allow her to be, I'm her little guinea pig for some of her uh, trials of, of some plant medicine that we're doing and, and things like that. So I was able to, um, the next, the latest thing I'm, I'm really proud of is, is the fact that we healed a wound that was what? The size of a softball, yeah, of a, of a pissing. A surgical, they, they, they debrided the wound. Thankfully it wasn't to the bone or any serious infects or any infection. It was, it was giant, a giant wound. And the, and the surgeons, the surgeons that they are, um, I actually asked them once in a meeting, point blank, can this wound be healed non-surgically? And they said no. And that's when I decided to say, hey, I'm gonna go get a second opinion. I, I didn't wanna go through, I've had, I, I've been um, bit a few times by the, the pressure sore um, monster. And, and I've spent eight weeks in a bed and that is, it, it drives you crazy, literally. And, and the last time, one sec, the last time I told myself I'm never going through this again. Um, so when I asked this, this surgeon this and he said no, I knew he wasn't, he wasn't even willing to try to let me heal it. So um, we, Joanna and I came to the decision we're gonna try to heal it. And, um, and what, we're 99.9% Heel. It's a little dot it right now. It looks like a really cute any belly button. Yeah, it's tiny. <laughs> it's tiny. Well, wow. We were able to do it, and I would like to someday go to that surgeon and just. Uh, but that's you know, training. That's exactly. That's the the reason why that all was possible was because of uh, continuous self care throughout the last mm -hmm. thirty two years. You can't do that without uh, having a having a good protein diet. Your daily life has to be healthy as well in order to, I mean, in my opinion, a lot of, a lot of chronic things and uh, a lot of just systemic, systemic issues that, that uh, people in chairs specifically go through 
is related to preventative preventative care and, and um, mm -hmm. consistent moisturizing of the skin, protein intake, and, and things like that. So when something like this does occur, your body is, your, your, your mind and your body, uh, it, especially if you know what you're going through and you know you killed them before or you know de deeply you're the only ones that know your specific healing process. If, um, you know, uh, your, your eating habits and things like that, that all counts in every single day, then be healthy enough to take a hit. And when, and when you can do that, you, you, you know, you up your, your chances of being, of staying healthy while you heal something. He was never sick. In this case, um, the, the, the healing and the, and the times and it's slow and it's, but keeping on it and keeping, keeping in the game I call it skin in the game. You have to have skin in the game if you're going to heal something that, especially when many doctors, uh, it's not really that they, they said no, but they're not willing to have the conversation. Uh, I, I, they see something like 30 years in the chair, you're a little checked out. Uh, they, their experience probably says a lot different uh, when you're in the 15-minute appointment with, with somebody and you have some extra questions, you know, he knew he could do it. We, we lucked out with a home nurse, um, veteran woman who, you know, advanced wound care uh, that has been absolutely a driving force every week. Um, and it wasn't just using holistic tools and, and, and potions and things. It's a, it's a holistic approach. And I'm so proud of, of the healing that's been, that yeah, has potions. happened over the last year. Figuring out certain vitamins. Don't get him started on potions, please. <laughs> you, yeah. But you know, you know what, I, I, look at me. I, tr I truly agree with you because you know, I, look at me, like you said, we're not medical, we're not doctors. So whoever listens to this, please don't do what I do. But this is just like works for me. I've been in a wheelchair for ever since I'm 44 and not my injury happened when I was 11. I never used a cushion. I never used a cushion. I wow. never had a pressure sore. And so when I go to the doctor and, and, and everything and they ask me, I, I always take Epsom salt baths, Epsom salt baths, and I use shea butter on my butt. <laughs> right. So it's like, and I constantly tell them it's like for years from starting as a child, right. you know, coming up up to like that pre pre of what you call it. I can even say it. Taking care of it from the beginning, yeah. like just sure your, your, your practice, no matter what. They got yeah. it, it serves you so well. But a lot of with the COVID and everything, it's like uh, well, zinc doesn't cure it, and then potassium and, and vitamins. It's like you should have been washing your hands, and you should have been taking some vitamins probably before. You know, you need a certain systemic level of, of, of health and daily practices to be healthy so you can take it. So I think a lot of the time, um, just those, those rituals, those, those habits, it, it really protects, it protects you. I started out, <laughs> I, uh, I met Mark. I was fresh out of CNA school, like fresh. I was a, I was a competing gymnast growing up. I toured with Cirque du Soleil for a bunch of years and where I ended up, I always knew I was sort of going to end up in PT or healthcare or, or, or something of the 
Yeah, no, some, something. Um, so that's the that. transition, Circus Olay to healthcare. <laughs> uh, I, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Right. He's six four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. I get it. And, uh, so you gotta have a certain. Right. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, um, the the lifts and and the rigging and things. <laughs> the rigging, um, yeah. So Mark was actually, um, and I started out with Ability Three Sixty. Yeah. Work with them. Um, uh, so I, I, somewhere in school, I said, uh, and I, I couldn't do the long-term care facility. I, I did some time in um, a rehab long-term care setting and um, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. I'm, I'm for home care <laughs> for, uh, you know, you, you get to know where your, where your strengths are and things. And what was the thing was, uh, nobody was really getting what they needed, uh, much less, uh, sort of wanted even on the, on the, on the circulation, just, just massaging and turning and things like that. That's what a CNA is technically trained to, um, to manage. And there was no, there was no time. There was no so was watching uh, something so so small turn into something so so large in such a short amount of time. I I couldn't I couldn't hack it. Um, I can do you know rehab PT rehab and and that's a, a a big source of like strength and athleticism it takes to build and all those things with somebody. But I. Uh, just uh, sort of took a personal with that um, with that approach in, in preventative and, and tried to uh, and that's how he became my guinea pig out in that and so <laughs> the first client right and we actually hit it off um, uh, and I, I wanted some experience now ability 360 is not a medical it's a non-medical um, agency so I said I don't care. I don't care about my certification. I want to work with Mark, <laughs> uh, and sort of uh, used post education um, and and all of the things that they do teach us in the textbooks, um, as far as turning and skin integrity and and managing bladder infections and and things like that. When they're applied on a daily basis, uh, uh, you know uh, whoever's responsibility it is in um, in facilities and things. Um, it, it, there's something about being in the home every day, keeping with it, eating protein. And that's, and that's actually, I want to. That, well, that makes quality. I'm not trying to knock surgeons either. That surgery, it may have been successful. There's no guarantees, but that would have been an eight week, and boom, I'm on all on paper. I would have been done. Now, technically, I still have. I'm still seeing a wound care doctor, and it's not totally gone. But I'm allowed to live my life. I'm in my own house with my dog. I'm eating my own food. Um, um, and, and that, again, it's taken over a year instead of eight weeks. But it, the, the mental part of that, I don't, I don't think I could have endured it again. Yeah, the quality of life. Yeah. You know, mental health, is, mental health is just as important to exercise as physical health. You know? You're in a bed for six When you're in a healing process. Surgery, you got to train for six or eight weeks to get back in the lift in the chair. 
Mm -hmm. other things, you know, uh, with circulation and, and yeah. you know, counting in that next part of the year and counting in the next part of the year in training to get back to your quality of life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a real, it's a personal, personal. We often get caught talking about CBDs and mm -hmm. THC and all those type of things sure. out here. And I don't think any of us are knowledgeable enough, except for when you talk about TH. No, man, just for you guys. But for as far as CBD stuff goes, what what are some of the things that you've seen, I guess, that have helped Eric or yourself? Right. Um, um, so Mark, no, sorry. I, I was going to say, uh, I haven't been taking any CBD uh, anything, but... I appreciate well, you including might me. might help Eric, but <laughs> has so helped Mark. Who has uh, engaged in the CBD uh, uh, revolution? Does anyone, have, do any of you take it on a daily sure. basis for... I do, yeah. Good. Like a tincture or... I eat the... I, I, I usually do the gummies. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got really, really lucky being, being a semi-medical um, person and... After my, after my certification expired, I, I gave up my credentials in order to explore the, uh, the specifically the, the, the cannabinoid, the endocannabinoid system. I couldn't really do panels or, or speak about what, um, what the results were. I was very much bound by a, a CNA certification in order to not uh, pretend to be a, a CBD nurse. There's a, a lot of, uh, you know, titles that come with things that don't make sense. Yeah, but I couldn't, um, what we found and what I found in, in other, um, other people battling chronic illness, immune disorders and things like that, I got very, very lucky. Um, and uh, with, with, um, being allowed to do education and in, in finding out through um, a couple different medical, um, medical, semi-medical venues. It's still this, the science of it is not really being released as far as, again, systemic health. Um, some of the most fascinating things right off the bat is that the endocannabinoid system, the, the system that cannabinoids work off of, both the ones that we make and ones we put in our bodies, uh, is the largest receptor signaling system in, the, in mammalian bodies, but the human body. So these receptors are uh, strategically placed in your central nervous system, um, uh, in your skin. So just right there, central nervous system uh, and your skin among all the other systems, functioning organs and things like that, especially your bladder, especially, um, it's literally everywhere. And it, and it learns, the system learns. So whatever you're teaching it, um, and that doesn't really have to do with the substance. What I'm getting to is, it's directly enmeshed with your autonomic system. So me sort of trying to focus on the internal systems that we're working with, with the, these plants and things, working with the, uh, the spinal cord, working with um, skin on the day on a daily basis, really start noticing some stuff, <laughs> um, and especially over four years of time, um, 
not just trouble spots or, or bone protrusions or, you know, uh, dehydration and things like that. With, with the knowledge that I, I had the honor of learning through uh, a couple different scientific organizations out in the Bay Area and, you know, these organizations that have been around um, doing the medical research, um, putting it into application became a total, total passion. And turns out, uh, spinal cord injury is, is, is one of the most functional and applicable uh, methods on a daily basis um, with, um, with, a, with a nice, clean regimen. It doesn't have to cost you a million dollars. No, it's not covered under insurance, but making this more efficient, making it more um, accessible, uh, and, and working it into your daily instead of, uh, for example, your digestive system is a little slow, especially after surgery or antibiotics or what have you, you're going to want to use a little different of um, the types, not just dosage. So again, I got really lucky in the scientific community and would have access to a clinical product um, called Nano CBD, which is, uh, it's transdermal goes through your skin in your bloodstream or you can take it orally and it's in almost immediately. Um, as, a, as a blank formula, basically, you can then take that clinical product that has X amount of milligrams um, and put it into your creams, your shea butter, so your silvidine, your... So just so, so I understand this. Water. I'm sorry. So just so I understand this, so I could actually take the cream and just eat it? Yeah, sure. Rub it on your gums. Really? Would it, it doesn't even have a taste in it? It sounds... I don't recommend, like, I don't recommend that one. <laughs> doesn't sound but good. brushing your teeth with oh, a CBD good. toothpaste does administer a pretty big dose with, the, uh, with, with this type of nano that I've been, um, I've been uh, very lucky to have the opportunity to, look, to learn with and apply to the over the last year, again, in, in food, in certain ointments and, and creams and keeping the skin, uh, keeping other dominoes from falling together. Um, be, I, we believe that because of uh, certain nutrition and, and a certain lifestyle that um, he hasn't even threatened a, a, a UTI in 18 months through oh, surgery. You know, um, and uh, really, I feel that pre and post-op, it is differently, uh, differently applied. We're building up your immune system. We're packing in bone broth. While you're af after surgery, you have bone broth, you put, you know, your, your cannabinoids. There's another one called CBG, which is uh, starting to gain some, some real momentum with gut health and, and rebalancing in conjunction with CBG. So these, these receptors are all over the place. And if we're pinpointing and using them to your, you know, what, what your rate of healing is, what your diet is, I feel that it has to be as adaptive as you guys have to be every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I think there's a, there's a ton of information there. Oh. Um, I, I, I want to know if people are listening or maybe even for myself, is there a way that we can contact you or somebody or somehow of course. somebody? Of course. time airs, I will have a, uh, a mode of communication for that. But 
hopefully some links on us abled um okay. through, through mark's uh mark's site and uh, i do do private um private consulting and that sounds expensive it's not expensive <laughs> um i do a lot of phone consults i do uh, a lot of love to do the education i love to um be an advocate not not just for cannabis we're gonna if we're gonna standardize care and we're gonna normalize um, mm -hmm. some of these techniques where, um, you know, we've really had uh, amazing results, not just luck with being right. able to hunker down and, and mm -hmm. do this work together. And, and Don, she wanted to, she'd been asking me since I've been going to the men's group, hey, can I come uh, give a presentation to the men's group? And that's back before COVID when we were doing it live. Um, it's a men's yeah. only group. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a couple of caregivers there. And <laughs> so, we don't count. You know, once uh, <laughs> once we can meet in person again, we should exactly. all definitely you know have you do a workshop or a conference or something like that. Where you want to get you guys some uh, health in a hand baskets, as I like to call them. My little, little, little company is called Healer Dealers LLC, and we try to help you stack your deck. Um, well, you know what? Put those aces in your pocket. Uh, provide us the links then after we get done. I'll make sure to get them in the video. Sure. Make sure to subscribe, ring the bell, do all that nifty stuff with our YouTube video and comment. And if you want additional help or would like to seek these people out, um, we're going to have it available. And I would. Uh, I know I got scientific, but of course, CBD is, is an anti inflammatory. It's an anti-medic, it's, um, it's an antioxidant. It, it does so many things, but it's not, you know, I have to be very clear that it's not a magic, a magic bullet. Um, and, and it uh, won't get you high. And it won't get you high. But it will help you get healthy. Um, and there, there is new research, and I would like to send you a link to the endocannabinoid system. Um, it, when it's toned and healthy and running on all cylinders, as, as your, your, your central nervous system has to be, your liver has to be online, anything else like that. It's, a, it's a, the 12th system of the human body and it deserves some attention. Um, and, and working with it and teaching it can really, uh, and CBD is just one of the ways that, that you can participate in that. Um, in uh, a lot of the time, the, the quickest, but what we found is the sustainability of one single um, you know, cannabinoid, you know, you, there's always somewhere to go. It's an adaptogen. So if you're, for example, accepting an organ, it can help lower your immune system in order to accept it. And then when you're good enough, it can help you raise your uh, immune system in order to get your ass out of the hospital. So, um, you know, sort of seeing it from a different angle instead of this is going to cure your pain or this is gonna, um, that's really where our sort of specialty is, is long regulated <laughs> balance. Please balance. Hey, you know, I, I know we're, I don't, I don't wanna forget to talk about US Abled. Um, that's something that you started up, it's a website, correct? Yes. You wanna, you wanna give uh, us the, the skinny on that or what? I'll give you a quick rundown on that. You see my shirt, this is my logo that uh, it is part of it. This is Humphrey. Um, he's my alter ego. And it, it, this, Does, he have, is that an AK-47 in his hand? It, it is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real. It's not a real gun, guys. All right. 
Just um, like we're not. I medical. feel threatened. No, yeah. Well, it's hardcore, man. Actually, so yeah, U.S. Able. My little tagline is own your ability, not disability. Um, wisdom, tips, and tools to help you battle through the bullshit and dominate your day. So um, it's a way of me, especially when COVID hit and we all got kind of stuck in our houses. I was like, you know, I really love coaching and teaching and connecting with people. And there's still that, that little bit of um, side of me still alive that wants to coach and teach. And so this allows me to do it just in an online way. And after 32 years in the chair, I think I have a couple, couple ideas that um, it's really written for my younger self. That's, that's who my target audience is, is the kid that, that was 16 that thought people in wheelchairs only couldn't walk. And so, you know, hey, there's a whole other world and, and it's, it's not all bad, but it's all, also not all good. It's not all happy and rosy times, as you heard me. I've been through some shit lately. So, um, you know, but overall, 32 years have been pretty good. And it's a this U.S. Able. Um, if you wrote it out, it, it also spells usable. So it's usable, usable.com, and um, and hopefully it'll connect with some people. Well, cool. I know. I know. I'm I'm excited to check it out. Um, I'll, I'll be over there. I'll, I'll I'll jump in. If you ever awesome. need anything for people to talk on it, I'm sure we'd be more than happy to help you out with all that stuff. Uh, all right, round table, last call on questions for them, too. LaRonda. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm good. I'm, I mean, I thank okay. you for, for actually sharing your story. <laughs> Don. Cocoa butter, CBD. Well, I, I, just, uh, I was just curious. You said you use Mark as your guinea pig. Have you guys ever had any failures? Like, have you grown any horns or turned purple or, or spotted? <laughs> yes, or yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> not yet not him i did okay not yet i'm good i'm safe and, and i think she takes it easy on me so well i'm excited to hear about the next chapter and sounds like you're doing mm -hmm. great and uh i mean just congratulations on all your success and thanks again for sharing your story to being so open eric well i i have i'm not i'm not trying to open up a can of worms here but uh -oh. i gotta ask but here it goes. <laughs> oh, here we go. What do you suggest, both of you, what do you suggest for relationships? Because that's a big issue in our community. You know, having relationships, dating, and, and you know, discovering, discovering all that. And, and, and what would you give for advice? Well, that's a good question. And, I, and I, did, I did listen to one of your podcasts that you guys talked about that and i think it was Sean. only one um well i've listened to it, but the one <laughs> <I> just stood <laughs> out to, me to answer this question um i think sean you had a, a comment that you don't let your caregivers or you don't date your caregivers and and you don't let your girls that you date take care of you um you know and and i think that's i think that's admirable but not always practical um don i think you have a girlfriend that's a nurse correct yeah, that is correct. And so um, it's, it is, it's work, man. It's, it's not easy. Um, there's battles, there's stubbornness involved on, on definitely my part. I can speak for myself. Me too. And, um, but but it's, it's also a mirror and it allows me, I feel like some of the things that, that maybe annoy me about other people um, is actually the things that 
than annoy me about myself. Um, and, and so, you know, a lot of times it's just self, it gives me some self-reflection. I've been in relationships that I, um, I've, I've learned from all of them, even if they were in it in a crash and burn, you know, you learn from those as well. Or, you, you know, the people you meet online, um, as we were speaking earlier about, that's, that's a whole nightmare in itself. You learn things there. So I mean, I go back to the athlete thing, being a, being a good coach, training your, your caregivers, not just in a, in a, what I say kind of way, but he's a teacher. Every, every what, what, 200 caregivers? Over hundreds. Thousands of interviews for sure. And, and learning to, to manage that and, and create your space and create your environment and create the relationship right off the bat is hard. I mean, so who, and, who made the first move then? Who made, made the first move? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Uh, I, knew, I, I think it just grew like a flower. Oh. oh. <laughs> no stock, no stocking, none of that going on. Uh, <laughs> it just was something that grew. Um, actually, Joanne was married when she was my first, originally my caregiver a couple of years ago. So um, that wasn't in the, that wasn't even in, in the, well, this all vision. this last year has been uh, with with his dominoes. You know, uh, with, when COVID came along, it was like eight months after sort of the surgery, and uh, and it was just it was time for for my life to completely turn as well. Nine eleven was a big a big shift change for for me. Uh, it seems like our 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 big changes um, sort of. Uh, happen at the same time. They match. <laughs> and uh, a couple, couple times. Um, so, de so destiny kind of slammed yeah. you two together is what it sounds like. You know, I, to this point, yes. Now who knows? I'm, she can poison me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Well, yeah. Oh, That's so right. Yeah. You're on the record now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I am recording oh, this. Right here. About the comment that I made on there, Mark, you know, that, again, I think you're right. It's a personal choice for me. It's not a, it's not something that, that I tell everybody to do. Um, I just was explaining a personal choice for myself in the fact mm -hmm. that I've had good caregivers that I've been in relationships with while they were caregiving and it turned into really bad. And then now you're not only losing a person yeah. that you're with, you're also losing a caregiver. And so now you have to replace two different things. It just, it, for me, it was, it was, it was a really muddy thing. And it's not that I wouldn't ever be open to the idea, right? I mean, because who, if anybody knows your life better than the people who are caring for you and around you every day. So I understand it. And um, I think also you had mentioned in a, in a different um, podcast that there's like, um, you know, things like, uh, you, you have the agency, right? Mm. And how hard it is to uh, keep a, a, a good rotation of people or, you know, sometimes you've had up to four. You oh, know, about six, six. Yeah. You know, managing all of that is managing relationships, period. I mean, uh, and training and, you know, you already have such a, a such a, a necessary bond I mean at first it's not like taking care of um you know a, a 95 year old lady that needs her dog walked and uh you know for a caregiver agency you can 
Uh, I personally believe that there should um, maybe in the future be a little bit more of a focused group of um, caregivers qualified for um, people with a certain level of, of injury. But, um, you know, it's, the, it's your archetype and their archetype, and they do have to mesh. Sometimes you can see the best doctor in the world. It's just not your doctor. <laughs> it's just not your yeah. um, cup of tea. Or, so there has to be, I think, a certain level of, of uh, you know, qualifying vibes. <laughs> and you generally know that on the first or second part of the interview. I agree with that. I mean, I do. I, I, think I, know, I think I know as soon as I start talking to them whether or not it's going it's to be an option for me. Um, mm -hmm. But I know we're, we are running short on time, and I always have to – I'm going to ask everybody this question. So uh, you can be as short or as long as you want. Bowel and bladder program, how does that work for you? And I've, I've, done, it, I've done it all. I've had – um, I started out with intermittent catheting um, when I was first injured. I've gone to condom catheter, and then I was doing an indwelling catheter. Now I have a suprapubic. So I pretty much ran the gamut on the, on the urinary part as well as the bowel part. So um, started off digital stem. I've done um, suppositories. I've done enemas. Um, it's taken me up to two hours at a time. Um, and then just recently in September, I had – I got an ostomy in, in, um, put in my stomach. They actually put an ostomy in a year ago when um, they were preparing me for the surgery and because I was going to be on my back for eight weeks, and that ostomy didn't work. It never took. And so I had to have it, had to have it redone just recently. So now I'm learning the ostomy system. And, and so I've done, again, all that, that. I ran the whole gamut with that. And that's kind of another thing why I was with USABLE that I wanted to I feel I can speak on authority on pretty much all those subjects because I've been through them all. I, I mean, again, there was a time when my bowel care was two hours long. Sure. Now it's in the bag and I'm learning, learning that and it's kind of awkward, but um, I got a good teammate here and we're learning and uh, diet and, and probiotics and all That's that. That's another thing that at post-surgical, there's not many doctors that can legitimately tell you how much protein, how, what kind of fiber, what your your program you're really customizing your program but they just don't have much for for you personally it's figuring it out getting in there getting, you know trial and error whole new, new system air. of caregivers diet um sorry to put you off no. but with the I actually guys to and i don't want this to come across wrong but with the covid and the shutdown and the slowdown at least um i really use this time to um i've actually benefited from it and I'm learning my body without being um, my own self, being out, want to go out with friends and drink beer and then have a bad problem out in public or, or stuff like that. So I'm really using this time to, um, to learn my system and hopefully, hopefully it lifts up pretty soon. We start getting out and doing some fun things again. And, and then by then I should know at least my routine a little bit better. Right on time. Perfect, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you. Um, if there's anything else as far as follow-up stuff that you ever want to come on here and talk about, let us know. Um, we'll get you in here to be able to talk about it, especially once U.S. Able gets going. Yes, you start getting some stuff on there, maybe some questions that people want answered and stuff of the sort. 
come back, talk to us, let us know. Um, we'll be happy to have that roundtable discussion. Well, I really appreciate you guys having us on. I feel like this is this is something uh, I've been dragging my feet on, and and um, it was time was ready. I'm ready for it. That's awesome. Well, everybody. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Been fun. Okay. I want a shirt. I want one of those shirts. All right, buddy. I'll get you the link. <laughs> yeah, we all want one. We all need the link. Mm -hmm. All right, buddy. Yeah. All right, guys. So, thanks. Joanna. Patterson and Mark Strohmeyer. We appreciate your time. If anybody wants to contact them, Eric will put the links below this. Hit subscribe. Get hit alerts. We love you. Padre Pelagic. I'm out.